Hi everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and welcome to today's edition of Hacker Public Radio Community News for the month of June 2014. Joining me tonight is Ahuka, Dave Morris and Ken Fallon. Anyway, for those of you who are tuning in to Hacker Public Radio for the first time, or for those of you who have never listened to this show, the fast-forward button on your media player has stopped working and you can't power it off fast enough. This is the Community News Show, where we review things that have been going on in and around the HBR community for the last month or so. And... As we always do, we start off by my traditionally butchering the names of the new hosts. But as Ahuka and Dave are here, they can take this topic for me. Uh, okay, I guess I'll go ahead. Mark Waters and Semiotic Robotic. That one I like. <laughs> Both of those I think I could have done. Anyway, but you didn't. No, I didn't. Let's start off by going through the shows, starting at 1521, which was released. Do we have the release date on there? Yes, 14, the 2nd of last month, and it was Cardboard Greeting Cards by Shane Shannon. And he explains why he made greeting cards. This is a nice, very hacky thing to do. And a good way to recycle cardboard. Indeed, and a very personal touch. I uh, I like getting... Uh, as a father, I tend to get uh, homemade cards quite a lot, and uh, they're they're very nice to receive, I must say. What would be nice is, uh, hold on, he has a link in the show notes actually to the um, to the example cards that he was going on uh, that he was talking about in the episode. Did any of you guys check those out? Yes, yes. I made a note here. Sorry, I was just fiddling with my sound, which seems to be slightly weird. Um, uh, we're getting um, microphone stand creak. Are you getting weird, weird noises from my end? I think yeah. I might have the, the gain a bit too high. Um, I was just going to say, yeah, he's got a Google Doc with uh, show notes and photos in it, which I thought were great. Really added a lot. He was able to explain it quite well, but I just nipped over there uh, onto the uh, when I was listening to the show to get the yeah to get a visual of it. So some none of these are uh, I would say spectacularly complicated, but it uh, it's just a nice touch. So the following day was how to use Docker and Linux containers, and this was by Tlatu, who. Uh, didn't give us a lot in the way of show notes, but did give us a lot in the way of content. Do any of you use Docker? It seems to be a very, very hot topic right now. I haven't used it yet, but uh, looking to uh, to possibly use it. Don't have an application for it just at this moment, but uh, suspect I might do. It does seem to be very popular. I've been reading about it a lot, but yeah, I haven't had a reason to do it yet. But I will say it is great to hear Klaatu uh, on Hacker Public Radio. It's been too long. Yep, Klaatu is my uh, reserve. If anything, if I desperately need a show, then uh, <laughs> dial up Klaatu and we're good to go. Yep. The following day we had the second version of HPR 1523, and that was dialed in for us by uh, Charles and NJ, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I believe that's who it was. Now, what many people may not know is that Ahuka and I recorded our own show 
at the same time for that. But because of uh, me being unable to uh, read emails on time, I didn't realize that that was actually a, a full, complete show. So um, what uh, Ahuka and I discussed in the uh, show notes, maybe we'll come back to that and include them in the discussions at the end of this as well. Sure. But, you know, I I like what Charles did. Um, we just need to work on this communication thing a little bit more, I think. I don't think by we, we mean uh, me, actually. I thought it was a brilliant idea, and I'd love to do that some more if uh, if we can figure out a way to make it really easy to do, because we record this on Saturday, so when you're hearing this, it's only been two days ago since it was recorded, so major amounts of editing are not an option here, so... Uh, what would be cool is if we could maybe get segments for on particular shows from people, and then we could play them into the into the recording as we're recording it. That would make it kind of easy to do. Um, I'm open to suggestions on that. Yeah, I take a look at that. I I think what Charles had in mind was that somehow he could add his own commentary on each of these shows and somehow meld it in, but. When you start thinking of, of practicality of how you do that on an hour-long recording, it just it, it's way too much effort. Well, I could have uh, had a, <laughs> had I known uh, known to um, listen to the thing beforehand, but I could have uh, figured that out myself and split them up into chunks and then kind of played them. But uh, that would have added considerably to the show and when i listened to it as i didn't listen to the whole thing straight through it sounded to me like a um a you know a full complete episode which i think it was but anyway so there you go but uh open to suggestions mailing list all the rest indeed indeed the following was your presentation at uh episode 1524 at wash pgp and the email yeah, this is my uh, local Linux users group, which I've been a member of for quite a few years now. And it, w- this is in Washtenaw County in Michigan. So it, that's how it became Washlug. And uh, what I, it was something that Ken had suggested to me at one point. Um, I, I listened to podcasts on a Sansa clip. And so Ken said, well, you know, those things have a microphone. You could just turn on the mic and record something. And uh, it actually came out pretty well. Um, I, I, the only thing is, you it, every once in a while, there would be a question from the audience, and you, and you couldn't really hear the question. You could only hear my answer. Yeah, but you get that from, you know, with any recording uh, option. I didn't know it was a Sansa. It's pretty good. Uh... It sounded amazingly good. I hadn't quite appreciated what it was. No, very good yeah. indeed. Yeah, I just had it clipped to my uh, shirt collar. Yeah, so perfect. it was, you know, right by my uh, voice, but... Yeah, that's how I did it. So any of you out there that are wondering how I can record a show, it was that easy. It is uh, the Sansa clip. I Ever since I lost an interview due to uh, not pressing the pause button or not pressing the, the, the Zoom H2 bug of having to press record twice, I've used clips and I've recovered more than one uh, sh- uh, interview using that. Okay, moving on the next day. Was again uh, a hookah LibreOffice a savings model? Yeah, now that was a scheduled one. Uh, for those of you who haven't been paying attention to how this works, the LibreOffice series—I've um, been doing one every two weeks, 
And so those are scheduled uh, way out in advance. Uh, the others were basically Ken saying, hey, we're really short of shows. And it was like, well, all right, I can whip out some stuff here pretty quickly. Um, so as it happens, it, it just wound up with like being the all a hookah show for three days. Yeah. And if you, um, but that's what we're saying now, they, um, is case in point, the scheduling, if I was doing the scheduling, that wouldn't have happened. But, uh, as I'm not doing the scheduling anymore, I do whatever it is that's in the show notes. So, uh, yep. <laughs> so <laughs> if I you think... put in next, next is what it's going to be. Yeah, so the moral of the story, if you guys really don't want to hear that much of me, send in your own shows. Very nice, very nice. And here we go again, PenguinCon 2014. What, was there a day in between these, or was it three days in a row? Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that the, the LibreOffice is usually on Friday, Yeah. so the, the PenguinCon was probably was Monday. That's right, yeah, yeah. Well, that this said, is... I, I could listen to you go on and... Uh, on and on doesn't sound right. Bear in mind, it's quite late here. Now, I could listen to you. Uh, you're, as Pokey says, you're one of those people who could read a telephone book and make it interesting. And, and I have, apparently. <laughs> That's true. Uh, <laughs> as opposed to the unprofessional services. <laughs> so this is, uh, it, it, people who've been listening to me blather on for a while, know that I used to be the publicity director for Ohio Linux Fest. I stepped down last fall and got involved with uh, PenguinCon, where I'm the tech track manager, director, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so I'm kind of reporting on what happened this year, and, you know, I'm starting planning for 2015 now. When did you update your photo? Um, don't remember exactly. Because you got a new, uh, in the last that was, month that or was, two. Uh, that was because I was, I think your your uh, gravatar was a few weeks ago, wasn't it, uh, Huka, or maybe maybe a couple of months, that sort of time scale? Yeah, um, yeah probably. Around about the time that Ken said we, we were going to have something that updated, that kept the gravatars up to date. Well, uh, yesterday I made the thing that made it, made my own thing um, update the, uh, the gravatars. So your picture suddenly appeared against your... Um, your your episodes. I think that's what you mean. Is that Ken? Yeah. What uh, was there a bug in my script? It's not been running. I don't think Ken. Oh, I thought it was. Uh, these disabled it. The, the, the gravitas were dated back to May, and I looked at them yesterday. Oh, strange. Because I I thought I had it running every hour. Okay. Thank you, Dave, for taking that off of my shoulders. Okay. And. Just while we're on it, you you're, you sent in a request for the first, previous, next, and latest thing, which uh, I also implemented. That's right. And we have also been in discussions about adding the duration field, which is added to the majority of podcasts now. So you can mm-hmm. uh, you can get that coming up and uh, little bits and bobs. Yeah, we're gradually uh, chipping away at some of the some of the problems. Looking good. Okay, moving on. We had Surviving a Road Trip GPS, first part of a three-part series, as I understand it, by Windigo. I liked this very much. It's a very nice and simple sort of um, episode, and I hope he gets to it before I have a road trip to Sweden. So, uh, more of this type of thing. Absolutely. I, I enjoyed it very much, too. Yeah, some good hints and tips here. I thought that uh, some uh, some good rules to live by. <laughs> The, uh, the, 
I don't know. I was listening to this and I was going, I was, I'm not the only person who, who, uh, whose Jeep, you know, I go uh, talk back to the GPS and go, I'm not going that way. Please stop bugging me about it. <laughs> Insist <laughs> that you turn around. Yep. So, I don't, uh, yes, I don't like GPS personally. I still tend to fall back on paper maps or at least have them in reserve. I yeah I uh, I do have a, a passion for uh, maps myself. I do like paper maps. And you know what I I recently uh, put up today was a um, there was an incident yesterday. It was of no interest to anybody maybe except uh, uh, Nido who uh, was also late for work because of it. They a um, there's a on the way into the railway uh, into the uh, main airport from Amsterdam. They uh, there's a motorway. One way going on one side, then you have the rail network and the metro network, and then the motorway going on the other side. And so half of it is half of the route is a tunnel, and the other half is like cordoned off behind concrete barriers. And uh, they there was a train report that there was a truck or a, a car vehicle on the on the road, and everybody was wondering what happened. And then they looked at the sign, and they, there was a car accident. And in order to avoid a car and another truck, the truck driver drove onto the uh, railway tracks over a concrete barrier. Luckily, nobody was injured. So don't know what that's got to do with anything. So <laughs> yes, open street maps. As a result of that, we wanted to know how many train tracks were uh, blocked. And as a result of that, we went to OpenStreetMaps. And one of the things that you can do is put on the um, metro and public transport networks. And you get a beautiful view of the uh, all the rail- railway tracks that are around the world. Anyway, moving on, now that I've bored everybody to death, was Wild Swimming in France by first-time host, I think, Mark Waters. And who, um, as his name would suggest, went swimming in France. Very, very original thing to do and record, I think. I I thought that was fantastic. The (laughs) only thing that I would say about this episode that um, I I missed a little bit was I'd like to know what sort of setup he had to put it onto his head, number one. And number two, a little bit of history about um, uh, the um, wild water swimming and that sort of thing, which he has linked into the show notes, and I downloaded those and um, did a text-to-speech on them and, and read them. It would have been nice to have that covered in, but I I really liked this episode. I was I was there. I was following along. It yeah. was very mesmerizing. Yeah, I like ambient uh, recordings. There's something wonderful about sort of being along with him. The only the only thing I uh, I regretted was that obviously he had his sound level right for speaking into, but when he had a conversation with the fisherman, because it was uh, his sound levels to were, were wrong, and and so he couldn't hear what he was saying. <laughs> I couldn't work, couldn't work out what, to, apart from bonjour and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't get much more. <laughs> but I was really, I was really there. I, I actually, I listened to my the podcast sped up uh, twice or whatever, and uh, this one I just had to get the original and listen to it because uh, even though it was, it took a lot longer. You, you just missed so much of the wildlife and everything that was picked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a great thing to do. It it uh, I think it's, we could do with more more of that sort of stuff. Personally, I would I would love that. And the following day, bringing us back to uh, real world was Ahuka again with True Creep, Heartbleed, and the lessons learned. Yep, part of our security and privacy series, and uh, it there was it spawned an interesting exchange between Ken and I in the comments 
so, folks, if you're not following the comments, sometimes you miss some of the discussion. Yes, uh, I, I was a bit concerned that I was going, <laughs> you know, somebody's wrong on the internet there, but um, Ahuka Infernus is, uh, is put very was man enough to uh, to discuss it in an open manner, which was pretty cool. And that's really, I think, the way it ought to be with Hacker Public Radio. It, it's, you know, we're all trying to do our best. Uh, Ken thought I'd gone a little too far and brought in some data, and I looked at his data and said, okay, you're right. Yeah, I think my main my main issue is uh, was with the, you know, the the... the OpenSSH team or the team that have taken over this have have an awful lot of respect in the in the security community and and that respect is very much merited. Um, so that uh, that was my main issue and th- you know that's fine. But speaking of that, we do have uh, new features on the website. Is uh, we finally have an RSS feed for the comments, which you'll all be thrilled to know. And I have it in my feedly. And it works okay, does it? Uh, yeah, it seems to be. And Dave, one thing that I did on the reader, which is on the P, if you press the letter P for uh, public, it's also on the other uh, uh, about links. You can get it there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a thing where it converts the, if there's a HTTP link, it'll put in and it'll convert it to a little link so that you can uh, click those links and get to it. Uh, right. Okay. Okay. And I think that's... I put that on the RSS feed as well. Right. Right. I hadn't noticed that. That's good. That's nice. What? Something you haven't noticed on the HBR website, Dave? Well, within five well, minutes. Occasionally, I sleep. You know, I, I know it's slacking, but there you go. There you do go. <laughs> there's, there's still an issue with the comments somewhere. Or there's some, some weirdness that we need to deal with. I think a few comments yeah. get missed out back in, in the midst of time, but. Uh, yeah, those, and we found out the reason for that is yep. if, if yep. Um, say somebody puts in a comment and it gets truncated, or there's some um, HTML in there, it'll truncate the comments, and then when I edit it, it updates it with the last edited page was the page that you know the admin page that I've used to edit it, mm-hmm. and then that is also used by the commenting system as the link to the page that it should display. So we need to go back and fix all those. I thought you had a script to do that, or was I mistaken? I I have the show notes that I prepared for this uh, recording use the pre- preferable technique of, of following through the comments, and I would suggest that maybe the uh, PHP that drives the, the comment uh, um, display and the, the RSS needs to do the same thing, but we need to debate this, need to discuss this one, because... Uh, yeah, I, I think might, it's more... Might, you, you might know more about the PHP side of it than I do. Well, the common no. system itself isn't that fantastic, but um, I did actually tried to activate the email, and um, when it does, in order to get notified when people send in a comment, but what it does is it emails you whenever a comment is sent in, even ones that it's identified as spam. And there are currently about one spam message every 30 seconds coming in. God. So it is. Does it does it tag them as spam? Yeah, it's. Uh, it's can you can you not goes, filter? Can you filter them and drop them in the bucket or something? Yeah, no, I've uh, there's an SQL script that I can. Yeah, they're filtered and dropped. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that the comments system is doing that, which is good. 
but uh, if you enable email notification when there's email when there's new comments to be approved, mm-hmm. then um, it's it notifies you of all comments, not not yep. just the ones can that you, are filtered out. So can there you filter an, you filter the mail. I yeah, I have I've filtered, I've got an SQL query that will tell me when it's uh, when there's a new one in. And then I can run that and then email myself. I also want to email myself mm-hmm. about uh, stuff like uh, a reserve show within 24 hours of not being delivered, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And mm-hmm. you know, when we're running low on shows or when somebody's posted a show on the website, I have all these statements ready to rock. It's just to put them together into an email, or into an email thing. Anyway, this is interesting stuff that's going on <laughs> in the background that nobody's probably interested in. Anyway, the following day we had JWP, which was a Friday, with his EX2 file system. I'm liking this series. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think it's great to to dig beneath the surface of these things. It's uh, um, stuff I need to know about. Would like to know about. And does it sound like he's recording this while driving in his car? I thought it was more like in a restaurant in a in the canteen in work or something like that. It's a oh, nice. Huh. It's a nice. Uh, regardless, uh, you can hear uh, exactly what he's saying, but it's a. Uh, it's a nice kind of off the cuff type. I've got some notes, and I'm going to tell you a show, which is yeah. what I love. The only reason I brought it up is that uh, you know, if you're thinking of recording a show, it's not like you have to book studio time to do this. Um, he obviously is very knowledgeable, and I gather he just collects his thoughts and sits down and talks into uh, some sort of recording device for, you know, eight, nine minutes and sends it in. Yep, absolutely perfect. And you make a very good point, Hooker. Thank you. And that is uh, audio. So long as we can hear it, it's a show. That's what we have here. The better the audio quality, the better. But um, starting off, send in the show. Yep. Jezra sent us in how I use Linux, and he has an awesome beard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can see that from his Gravatar image, which is on the website. On the yes. website now, yes. we have uh, Gravatar that's another one pictures. That's, that's one that just appeared as well, I think. <laughs> yeah, that completely distracted me now from the rest of the show. So everybody uh, who can go there, uh, go there and uh, do that. And for all the uh, blind or hard of uh, low vision users, he's got a lot of a lot of beard. I think this is the mutton chop illusion in one of his uh, bits of software, is it not? I do not know. He uh, He's right about the N900 being uh, the saddest mutton chop. What is mutton chop again? Remind me. Mutton chop is a, is a sort of beard where you, you grow your, your sideburns down into your beard, as, uh, as it looks like Jezza has done. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I did not know that. Like a piece of, piece of mutton slapped on your face, I guess. I don't know. Mutton chop. Ah, yeah, this is the one where I, because uh, <laughs> he's he's going on about all the stuff he has automated in this house, which is awesome, absolutely awesome. And uh, <laughs> so the comment, I don't think, uh, I don't think you a toaster means what you think it means. And he has taken apart his toaster and turned it into a Raspberry Pi thing, and it is absolutely awesome. His house is the level of automation I want in my house, but. Unfortunately, that's never going to happen until I'm about 99 or something, and I have time to do it. Jezra's blog is is uh, is really really worth following. Actually, I, I uh, I've got him in my uh, feed reader, and he's got some amazing things he, he comes up with. 
He's got the bladder stuff as yep. well going on. Yep. Yep. Yeah, pretty cool. We've come across him before, and no doubt we will come across him again. The following day, we had Keith Murray with a project idea for White Hat Spambot, and this is something that he did with um, Nightwise. Uh, and they, <laughs> when I heard of this, I was going, Guy, I, well, when it, I posted this, I was going, I hope this isn't, this is not going to be about what I think it's going to be about, which was, you know, spam botting people. But what they're actually talking about is a, cons- uh, a consolidated way of releasing um, notifications about your podcast on the various social media sites. So you, I don't know, you put it into um, a central location. And you say release this on Thursday, release this on Friday, release this on Saturday or whatever, which would be very useful for HPR, I have to admit. And then post it, send an update to Twitter, send an update to Google Plus, Facebook, blah, 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 blah. And it would seem to me to be a relatively simple, straightforward thing to do. And I've asked them for more information, which they have as yet to reply to. And the following day, we had Andrew Conway with a much-awaited, I must say, much-awaited episode on Beginner's Guide to the Night Sky. I, When I heard this, I was cast back to where I was the day that I heard episode one of this. So all good stuff, all good stuff here. Uh, some of these programs I have actually downloaded and uh, played a little with as well. Yeah, same here. Um, I tried out K-Stars and Stellarium. I... Uh i7 box and uh fantastic stellarium is amazing it is indeed it is indeed uh unfortunately it doesn't get dark enough here to really look at the lights uh lights the lights in the sky with all the lights around uh you only sometimes see stars oh it's, it's a problem all over europe i think isn't it the the was it the dark skies project is is all about uh getting um uh local authorities to change street lighting so yeah, exactly. it's it's pointing downwards rather than up, and and so on and so forth. Yeah, and there's uh, initiatives to turn off the lights by times. Yep, that's and, right. Uh, yeah, good stuff all around. Um, I must say, when I go home to where my parents are, it's in the middle of the country, uh, middle of Ireland, and it's completely and totally dark, scarily so. The following day, semi. Sorry, Hooker, you were going to say something. No, I was. Uh, reg- if you can't. Uh, see everything that way. Uh, I just mentioned that um, NASA and related have uh, a whole bunch of high-def videos. Uh, European Space Agency has some as well, and uh, I subscribe to a bunch of those. Very nice. Very nice. The only thing about that hobby is I need a lot of sleep, and it seems to me that you would need to be awake in the middle of the night. Well, that's why I like watching the videos, because I can keep up on what's going on during my hours. Ah, good. Nice. You know what I like, the, uh, what I've seen with some of the Raspberry Pi uh, things, where they you know, they set up trackers to do slow motion video cameras. I saw one where they set up one, and it tracked the night sky so that it adjusted to the movement of the Earth, and then you saw the night sky fixed and the Earth moving underneath, which was really scary. Oh, cool. Yep, that, that's what you have to do if you're going to focus on one area to collect the light. Yeah, it's pretty uh, it's pretty impressive. really makes you realize, oh my God, we're, we're on a floating speck in space. 
I, I found myself wondering just the other day, uh, how does Hubble focus on one spot? Because it's orbiting around the Earth. So is it constantly adjusting to stay focused on one spot? And how do they do that? I, I don't know. You know what you could do to answer that question? Is send an email to the mailing list with requested topics. <laughs> That's true, yes, yes. I'm sorry. And actually, folks. Andrew we, could do it. Sorry. Yeah, you could. Uh, don't forget that if there's a topic that you want requested, either send it to the mailing list or send it to admin at hackerpublicradio.org and we will add it to the requested topics list. All righty. Then we had an introduction to HPR by Sim. Semiotic robotic. <laughs> there you go. That's why I have you doing the introductions, because I was thinking, semiotic robotic, that sounds like a nice one that could flow off the tongue, but no, there you go, can't. And really cool, uh, opensource.com, uh, a site that I had been to once or twice before. Uh, pretty pretty cool site, and this is a pretty cool initiative. I, I liked it. Uh, yeah, this, uh, for people who don't know, opensource.com is sponsored by Red Hat, uh, but I think their remit is much broader. They're looking at all of open source, and I've been subscribing to their weekly email for a number of years at this point. I don't know, two, three years, I think I've been getting that. Uh, so it's a good site. And Mark Johnson is on there. Is, he, is that the Mark Johnson from the Ubuntu UK podcast, or am I? He seems to be Mark Johnson. Anyway, I digress. Uh, there you go. That's proof that it's a good site. You can mosey on over there, opensource.com. Indeed. Then we have uh, the man of the moment himself, Ahuka, with uh, LibreOffice Calc, Sheet Editing and Navigation. And I have a bone to pick with you. I'll pick away. I'm. You know, you focused quite a lot on... Um, in the first series on Word about, or sorry, writer Word, <laughs> uh, writer about uh, separating form, uh, you know, um, uh, features and form and functions. That's just, what am I thinking of? Presentation Some, from content. That That's exactly the one. Should the same thing not apply in spreadsheets as well, especially when you want to export them? And I'm thinking specifically of you know, using multiple tabs where you could collapse everything to one sheet for printability and the other where you can export it, make it nice and exportable. Well, the series isn't over yet, Ken. There you go. There you go. Tune in for another exciting episode of LibreOffice Calc. Uh, as a matter of fact, I have uh, about four shows written that I haven't recorded yet that are on uh, styles and templates. Uh, I'm going to do at least one more uh, where I actually create a default template and create templates for one or two particular uses, uh, which will be available for download. Uh, so I'm actually going to cover all of that stuff. And I will be burning it onto a DVD and giving it out to all the people who filled in the IP address and port mapping spreadsheet that I've had to work on for the last few weeks. So this is, uh, Ken is probably aware of this because he has to do all of the scheduling stuff, but uh, I've actually submitted enough shows now to go up through about the middle of November. Uh, That's not to say series. we're short, not short of shows, folks. Uh, by the time I finish Calc, it should be maybe early spring of 2015, 
And, uh, and then at that point, I start on Impress. By the way, just um, for your information, everybody listening, which is kind of the point of the show, if you go to hackerpublicradio.org and look under Give Shows and go to Calendar or go to calendar.php, you will see a list of upcoming shows with a chart of uh, the status of the queue, the next free slot, the number of hosts in the queue, and the number of shows in the queue. And all the shows for the next two months are listed there, and you can click on any of the links and you will be brought to a page for that episode. Even though it hasn't been released, you can listen to it live. Uh, you can listen to it right there on the website. Then there's the also scheduled shows, which are further out than two months, which would include uh, hookah shows. They will tell you as well the currently processing shows, so shows that have been uploaded to the FP ser- FTP server, and that's where I go to every day to see what I need to download, and then the number of emergency shows. So there's currently only three emergency shows, and there are now links in there to the AUG MP3 and Speaks and the show notes file for those uh, shows. And I finally listened to Pokies, The Best Eggs in the World, and uh, I still need to check and see if that is the case. By the way, I'm not the only one who is uh, putting in shows that schedule out a few months. Uh, I noticed that JWP uh, is up to about October with his file system series, which is delightful. Exactly. And if you're submitting shows, uh, please update the template and pick a date. Um, So if if you're doing a series like this and you have them ready, you can pick the dates. Uh, Kind of recommending... Uh, once every two weeks is about right. Otherwise, uh, you know, it's about that's about ten percent of the slots that we have available. So, if there's already JWP's uh, series, will be rounding up then, unless people invent a few uh, file systems between now and then. Uh, LibreOffice series is about once every two weeks, and that's been fairly constant. Uh, so, yes, by design. So it looks like JWP is doing the alternate Fridays from me. Yeah, that's just kind of the way we post them. So that's good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Then, folks, C-Prompt, who is costing me a lot of money because his last show was a uh, oscilloscope thing, uh, which I need, which I, which I want to get. And this month was a 151 electronics project kit. And there is a kit available on Amazon that you can buy. Links are in the show notes. And uh, I'm going to get that. I'm thinking of getting one for work just to have on the desk and work that people can play with. Sorry, somebody actually want to say what this show was about? Well, this is something that uh, when I was much younger, there used to be various project kits, uh, not just electronics, but chemistry sets and, and what have you, uh, that you know you could do experiments and learn how things work so the, the electronics one you can actually build some circuits and uh you know plug in the various components resistors and and start understanding how all of that stuff works so that's good and there's one linked into the show notes and what's cool is uh you don't need any any connectors you just uh pull back a spring and it clamps them in and then it's got um you know, the physically the microphone and you see the symbol for the, you know, the electronic symbol for the microphone and you get the electronic symbol for resistors and capacitors and stuff. So for somebody like me, and you see the component itself, it's right there above the symbol. So somebody like me who kind of tends to be a bit 
visual or a bit a bit slow in picking up stuff. Um, it's pretty pretty cool to see the various different uh, various different things, and then you you know you know that that symbol is associated with that thing. So it's pretty pretty cool. I need to uh, I need to do that. And C prompt, can you do me a favor and send in shows that are a lot going to be a lot cheaper in my pocket? Uh, yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm I'm also quite interested to get one of those five five thingy timers that he was talking about in the last one to to do pulses. He's he just kind of mentioned it as a by the by, but that would be a requested topic show. Well, you've just requested it, I guess. Yeah, now I need to remember to put it into the show notes, which I'll probably do when I hear this on Monday on the train. Okay, the following day, actually, it was a very good show. So, C prompt, uh, ignore that. Just keep sending them in brilliant uh it's really motivating me to uh, get into electronics which is something i i on the record have i'm wanting to do so, yeah there's a, a whole background to this stuff uh if you think back to the early days uh and even until fairly recently anyone that was heavily involved with computers usually got there through a degree in electrical engineering and uh i've got a book on my shelf by i believe charles petzold called code where he goes through all of the kinds of circuits that you would see on uh, on a cpu and how it does all of those things and shows how you can accomplish all of that with electrical relays and light bulbs it really gives you an insight in the very low level of uh, how this stuff works speaking of low level of how stuff works how i make coffee by x1101 and I like this show. I liked it because uh, I like coffee. Who doesn't like coffee? And if I was going to edit this show, I would edit in uh, Clatu's Let's Have a Coffee segment. (laughs) (laughs) That is wonderful. So if you all could, uh, as as everybody knows, I don't edit shows. Uh, If you could all mentally edit in that right now, that would be fantastic. Thank you. I had to go and make coffee after listening to it. I must must tell you that. So it works in some at some level. Well, if we can get Klaatu to weigh in, uh, maybe we could combine making coffee with uh, toast with Vegemite. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> yes. And if yes. you want to know what we're on about, go over to gnuworldorder.info. John Culp on the other hand, is overall overhauling the School of Music website. And I had to chuckle at this one because uh, it's called, as you probably guessed, I wrote a bash script to do it. <laughs> I said, yep, I guessed that all right. Yeah, I really enjoyed this as well. I, I enjoy pretty much everything John Culp does. But uh, I was at one point webmaster for a small college and overhauling that website. So uh, I identify with a lot of the things he was talking about. I, uh, I, I, my, in my job, I used to be the guy who ran the master website and set it up so that people like John could access it. And listening to his tale of having to, you know, poke around with it through FTP and uh, and Drupal was coming, but not in, not, not for another two years. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> yeah, I hope my my users didn't uh, feel that way. I yes, I know, I know what he's going through. But he has a lot of tools in there, uh, a lot of useful tools. If you're not into bash scripting, tiny PGP um, for optimizing uh, PNG, tiny PNG 
for optimizing PNG images and that sort of stuff. Uh, the Google Developer page, which I is nice in all of Google, but at the same time, the one thing that slows down my web experience is if I go to a Google search and then I click and there's a redirect through their system before you get to the website. It's it's often a lot faster just to copy and paste the URL in to go directly to the website. But that's by the way. But some very good tips there and also good tips on uh, accessibility to uh, sites as well. Yeah, that is important. Um, you know, the the laws are different depending on where you are. But here in the United States, uh, you know, there is something called the Americans with Disabilities Act, which basically says uh, you've got to make your your uh, resources accessible. Um, and the mandate is if you get federal funds, you have a legal responsibility to do it. I'm sure there's something similar in the European community. Yeah, it's uh, called uh, decency. And, you know, it does, uh, it, one of those things, uh, my habit is, uh, having been responsible for all of this, is every time I put an image into a website, you know, I always fill in the alt text and um, do things like that. Yeah, and the easy thing to do is just open it in e-links or something like that and, and see what it looks like. Or Indeed. better yet, do a, I have a text-to-speech thing and just do a text-to-speech and then you'll hear pretty fast what it's like. Anyways, we had an open source news break from opensource.com uh, by Semiotic Robotic. Was that close or not? Uh, yeah, it's reasonably close. I would have said semiotic, uh, but uh, then again, I could be wrong. No, so. I think he says semiotic. Okay, and uh, there was a news update. Then we had JWP with the journaling file systems. Yep. Journaling file system, which was also uh, quite interesting because I thought some of those features were included in uh, previous versions, but there you go. And Claudio with uh, How I Came to Linux uh, answering the call for more shows. Um, very, yeah, very, uh, very nice. Very Mac, I, I believe. Yeah. Um, the, for me, I, I really like Claudio, and I think Linux Basement seems to be sinking back down in the pod fade again. They they went away for a while, then he and Chad resurrected it for a few shows, and then it went away again. So, uh, you know, maybe this will be an outlet for Claudio to come and uh, do a few shows for Hacker Public Radio and keep his hand in podcasting. Absolutely, and you're more than welcome to use uh, this here. And Again, an open invitation to people who may not know that the invitation is available if you want to do your own show. Um, HPR has the option to put it under a particular series, so you can put your show on a series here on HPR. And this is something that Dan Washko did with the uh, Linux in the shell that's basically served directly. Uh, um, the hosting is provided by uh, HPR and um we also have the option to do the uh, series feeds. We'll give you an independent feed for a particular podcast. So feel free to do that. Agnes is an IT lawyer, apparently. And CT is a teacher in Sweden who interviews people. And this was very interesting from the uh, point of view that that very day I had a need to know about this information for another issue that was going on. And I did not know that the European Union were going to be harmonizing as much as they are doing. 
Okay, did you just jump into uh, beginning of July? I did. So now you all, everybody listening to this has to go back and edit out that show. <laughs> no, I just, I've, I've got my list in front of me and it's like, oh, I don't see what he's talking about. <laughs> but that's, that's, uh, yes, that's just me. I pressed next, basically. <laughs> I figured that out. That, that's, uh, yeah, it has, it's a mixed blessing, that next thing, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. So, um, shall we do the comments or what? Or shall we sure. do the mailing list discussion from... Let's do the comments. If you guys can start, then I can dig out the mailing list discussions from uh, the last few months. So we're working through the the comments in the... Are you going to put these out in the, the show notes, Ken? Don't see a lot of points, seeing as they're on the, no, uh, no, on no. the website. So that, but you that, have that, them there in the show notes. We have them in the show handy. notes so that it makes it easier for us to uh, to track them. It makes it easier for me because I always found it difficult... Um, Bit, bit old and feeble and stuff but uh, um, yeah so we, we've we organised the comments in um, chronological order so the first one is relating to um, show 1284 uh, which was um, John Culp talking about blather speech recognition uh, with Jezra that's going well and we're back in time I think isn't it back to July last year one year ago, July yep. 4th. Yep, yep. And I think that just proves a point. You know, uh, a lot of the episodes go out. There's a discussion on the mailing list, which we'll be talking about in a while. Um, we get about 2,500 to about 3,000 downloads per day for a particular show. But your your download rate can go up to about 8,000 per show, maybe six to 8,000 shows. So quite a lot of the shows are listened to um, in the past. Yep. So this is somebody... Called, um, who's trying to uh, to implement the uh, implement blather is asking for some help. I think. Uh, yeah, and I'm inferring from this that we're talking about someone with a visual impairment because I see a reference to Orca, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. which of course is uh, for uh, that's the thing that uh, Jonathan Nado has been working on, among other things, um, is a text to speech. Um, operating system. There's a thing, actually, a note to self when I hear this on the train tomorrow or on Monday is to email this to um, uh, as email this to John as uh, or Jez- and Jezra because uh, they may not be on the, they may not have know about this and this uh, person might be waiting for some feedback. Uh, yeah, that's what it looked like. What I'd like to do as well, Dave, uh, just or Dave or anybody, is more to myself. Why am I giving myself more work? Is also when somebody posts, when a comment is posted, that the person who hosted the show would get an email about the comment. Do you think that would help? I think that would be good because uh, otherwise you've got to monitor it, which is a lot easier now with the with the RSS feed. But you still need to be watching out for stuff. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think it's something that should be doable once I trigger it. I'll have a think about it. Yeah, if you can do it, it would be awesome. Okay, speaking of awesome shows, Pokey says, awesome shows. And he's behind on his listing. He's referring to uh, HPR 1387, which was posted on the 2013-11-26 Christmas light synchronization. And uh, yes, it is, uh, it is indeed 
<laughs> he wants to do the HPR song or the Free Software song. I don't know if people remember this one, but uh, he sets up uh, Arduino uh, system for doing his lights, uh, the the funky American tradition of doing lights, which all the world um, say out loud that they that they hate, but everybody secretly loves. <laughs> uh, indeed, I, I remember this show very fondly. It was uh, it was a really good show. Pokey again is loving it. What is he loving, Dave? Looks like one of my shows on encryption. <laughs> oh, you just can't get enough, can you? <laughs> well, he liked it. I, I can't did, get enough did. of that. But again, this is one that uh, aired back in November of last year. So Pokey's uh, obviously catching up. And, and on a previous note that we looked at, he says, I'm way behind on all my podcast listening. And then we had a APCR asking about how to set something into the Cron Daily script. So I just, in the next comment, give them some advice with that. And Tlatu commenting on what has to be Johan V's The Set of Prime Numbers is Infinite. Yeah, I love that show. And he wasn't aware that the number greater, any number greater than one was either a prime or could be expressed as a product of primes. And yeah, that basically is part of the fundamental stuff behind RSA encryption. Yeah, actually, I have a uh, TED, what has turned into a Khan Academy talk that I want to put into your privacy and things speech feed. I haven't done it yet, but there you go. And it explains all that. I, all and I would, because when I set up that security and privacy series, my idea all along was that various people could contribute to it. And it sort of feels like I'm the only one posting in it right now, but I welcome anyone jumping in. No, I put uh, on the, as part of the tidying up of the series thing, um, now when a show is posted as part of the series, the synopsis of what the series is about is also posted. And in there, it will begin with, this is a closed series that Tlatu did about urban camping, or this is an open series on whatever. And the open series then means that you're, anybody can submit shows to it. Great. And then we had uh, lots of comments uh, about Dave Morris's podcast I listened to, and my podcast player has filled up with some excellent, excellent, excellent shows. Thank oh, you very much, Dave, for that. Oh, glad, glad it was appreciated. I had thought it would have quite the opposite effect. But <laughs> this is like a shopping list. What am I doing? <laughs> no, it's. Uh, I must say, some of them, I, I, there was a whole range of them. I completely, I listened to three shows of. Uh, of them all, and then uh, some of them I went, and now I'm not really into viral biology, so it's getting oh, fair scary fair nightmares, but uh, I really like that science fiction book a week episode thing. Yes, yeah. that's really Those good. Are cool, aren't they? Yeah, they're really very good. And some very real... good quality, actually. Yeah. Yes, yes, there's some real gems in there, too. Real we gems. should get um, um, Lost in Bronx, perhaps, to submit one of his to that, because mm -hmm. his, his books would definitely be of a caliber for... Uh, for that show. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And then we have me waffling on about uh, comments as I trigger comments to trigger stuff. Yep. Good thing. And, and you know, the, the problem with the spam has led me to cut off comments on the, my, I've got several websites and I'm just getting rid of the ability to comment. Um, you know, if you're a human being, you can find my email easily enough, but just so damn much spam. I can't, I don't have the time to keep up with that. 
Yeah, that's why we have uh, we have the comment system does the automated check, and then uh, that's why everything is um, everything is vetted by me. And some days, especially for some reason, it seems like they know I'm away. You know, if I'm away or at the end of a slow connection, suddenly there'll be 400 spam messages for Louis Baton or something. Yeah. But that's all part of the day. And I'd have thought eight character key IDs are not enough nowadays. And the two people who should be able to comment on this, as as one was Ahuka on GPG and email, and Dave has already also done a show on OpenPGP. Indeed. You know, I think the thing, my response to this would be um, the key is itself the identification. This is just a quick thumbnail that says, uh, okay, if there's six, you know, I, I've gone online and there's, I'm not the only Kevin O'Brien that shows up on the MIT key server. Uh, so how do you get my, distinguish my key from someone else's? Well, you know, there's an eight key ID and I can very quickly say, yeah, my key is the one, blah, blah, blah. And that's all. It's not intended to be secure. Yeah, okay. I think that I got the impression, but I've not really dug into this in depth, um, that there might be cases where bits of software using the eight-character ID go to search for a key. Because that, that's the way into to things. You can ask for a key to be pulled out of a key server using that, can't you? Um, uh, that that would if, be dangerous. if they use that and there's a collision at the eight-character level, that could be resolved by the 16-character one. I think that's what it's about. But uh, I, I, like I say, I'm, I'm not, uh, not, not. Don't feel I'm an authority on this particularly. Pokey says, uh, in relation to Windigo surviving a GPS trip, and surprisingly, surprisingly enough, uh, he is big into GPS as well, having done several OpenStreetMap shows. And there was also a comment to that on uh, <laughs> by Rocket Dog, who gets comment of the month, I think. Uh, this is on <laughs> surviving a road trip GPS. Uh, was, are we there yet? And just on the comment reader, should I, I think that posted at blah, blah, blah should be the first line as opposed to the last line. What do you think? Yeah, I think that would be better, wouldn't it? Because you find you have to read them backwards otherwise, don't you? Yeah, uh, but a lot of this you just... Uh, uh, we figure out as we go along, as you are becoming painfully aware with all the stuff you're doing for uh, archive.org, Dave. Um, oh, yes. Kevin and I go into a big rant about stuff. And um, Kevin, you know, I'm not 100% sure I'm in agreement about the Win32 issue. They, they just pulled that. So, yeah. You yeah, might, I, you might have I a don't, point there. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, there are certain parts of this issue that I retain a certain amount of reserve about. Um, I think I just, I, in general, I'm fairly conservative when it comes to security. Um, so, and that's, and to be honest, I completely have no issue with the majority of your shows. Just that one section on the Libre SSL. I think it's a, my personal opinion is that I think it's a good idea that more eyes are looking at it. And I think also think it's a good idea that two different projects are, going to look at it because we saw that when um, Internet Explorer basically took over the internet then development stopped on web browsers for a long time until Firefox respawned and then uh, Google came along and Apple came, or not Apple because it was a KDE project uh, WebM, or not WebM uh, KDE uh, KHTML and uh, 
then we saw a lot of people uh, going back and looking at uh, web browsers and making them interesting. And I think we need the same thing for something as important as SSL, different uh, different libraries, if for no other reason that uh, technologies that are require uh, SSL libraries that there will be two different interpretations so that if there's a vulnerability in one, you can fail safe to the other one. Well, I think the one thing we can all agree on is that the initiative by the uh, Linux Foundation to get a number of the major corporations to contribute resources to work on the shared libraries of things is a good thing. Now, there you go. I agree in principle, but I am also a little bit concerned of uh, that amount of corporate control on something as critical as those vulnerabilities, or as as that. Whereas that will everybody involved in that seems to be from a corporate background, and that's not to say that they don't hold true to their heart. That the developers and coders don't hold true to their hearts, but I'm just worried that there mightn't be the motivation, the open free software motivation there, which is why I'm glad that there are other projects who are willing to do that. Well, have you looked at who's writing the kernel these days? <laughs> yes, I have. And they are individuals who are employed by businesses. But there are also quite a lot of people who are free uh, independent developers that are not paid by people or whose copyrights are not going to uh, companies. So yes, a nice balance is exactly what we want. Maybe we should do a show on this. <laughs> Maybe not. Anyway, can we carry on? Toaster, yes. Toaster, we've spoken about that. And good plan, we also spoke about that. Beginner's guys yep. to the night sky. In the notes, the list is most used, liked first. Okay, that makes sense. And then there was discussion about the uh, 130 and 1 electronics kits. Lots of links there in the show notes, some of which I put into the main uh, feed itself. And they, that goes on. And Dave and Pokey also had some comments on um, overhauling the School and Music website. And Pokey yeah. ha- had a comment on how I make coffee and discussing about um, coffee, basically. Cold brew coffee, that sounds strange to me. But there you go. Yeah, I no, I've heard uh, people doing cold brew, and it supposedly gets rid of a lot of the bitterness. So, how far back do we need to go for the um, news on the mailing list? Because we didn't cover it last month. So, back to May. I uh, I guess if you want to cover it, mm-hmm. I'll quickly run through it. Uh, it won't be that much. Um, all of this links to um, all the show no- all the discussions on the mailing list. Just for everybody to know, policies on HPR are uh, discussed on the mailing list, and um, that's pretty much. If there's consensus, agree there. That's pretty much what we want to do. I don't think, at least, or I hope at least that that is the case. I will ask you two guys if that if you think that that is the case. No, no, that's my understanding. Okay, cool. So, somewhat happy about is uh, Kenneth Francois CT <laughs> was happy because he was uh, invited as press to the um, to one of the conventions up there in Sweden, and um, pretty much was chuffed about it as he should be, and was congratulated on the website. 
Patrick Daly had. Uh, I'm just going to skip over the ones about the uh, audiobook club um, because they do their coordination for the audiobook club on the uh, website. On the mailing list, sorry. There was a discussion about the comments system not working, uh, which we uh, which we worked on. Then Mike Dupont had a new crowd funder. Yep. Is it still running? Just one second. Well, I heard you, Ken. And unfortunately, it's it's over. Good initiative, though. Uh, maybe he'll come back with a with another um, another run at that. More stuff on the um, audiobook club. We had a small discussion about, uh, we were short of shows at the time, and we had a small discussion about uh, whether we should syndicate other shows. I've asked Droops to um, to get back to me about, um, you were say, suggesting that we put in syndicated shows, and I have the feeling, and we discussed this before, that we'll... What, what comes on the uh, contribute page is that we will continue to promote new podcasts and other Creative Commons material, but due to lack of free slots, we will only release material exclusively for HPR. And they, while we're short of shows, it's very tempting to put in syndicated content, but then I feel that that is, takes away from the, um, uh, from the founding principle of HPR that we would produce our own shows and put them out and when shows are are finished and people have no longer interested in submitting shows that we terminate the project. I guess that makes sense. So, at the time, I put out a request for people to send in shows because we were short of them and uh, people responded, responded quite a lot actually. At one point we had nearly 45 shows in the queue. Uh, this has been the first summer on record that uh, that we have had shows. Uh, that we haven't run out of shows, but then again, we were going to run out of shows. So yeah, I'm glad people did that. And um, remember that we always need shows. We consume 260 shows a year, so gotta send them in. Indeed. Then uh, sent out an email notification about host information that you can send in host information to me, and I will update that on the website. As a special notice to people listening to this show, I have been working on a upload page, and it's called request.php, hackerpublicradio.org forward slash request.php. It doesn't actually do anything now, but um, if you go there, you can see what I have in mind for... Um, for the requesting a show page that you fill out your form... Uh, you fill out your show and then uh, you press send. An email link goes to your address that you sent in. You click on that link, you get back to another page where you can fill in your own host information and then eventually you'll be able to upload a website. Suffice to say, I'm being a smidgen paranoid about setting up that. The form itself took me a few minutes, about 15 minutes to do, but all the checks to make sure that people are not trying to uh, get round the that are not trying to get round all the uh, things that we have in place are taking considerably longer. And there was uh, an announcement that there's a new United States dial-in number. That's correct. Yes, and it is four seven zero two 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 four two five seven or four seven zero two 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 H C K R. 
Isn't that awesome? Good work. And that's going to a Google Voice number, so it's unlikely to be deleted, even if the underlying SIP one is. So, um, pretty cool. Then mm-hmm. I delete... Sorry, go on. No, I just agree. And then there was a piece of comment spam that came in that um, that was very well written. Um, it nearly got past my... Uh, this is spam filter, which is in my head. And the reason I deleted it is because it's anything related to episode 23 gets probably about 90% of the spam on the website. So anything coming in there is immediately uh, spam unless otherwise proven. Okay. Yeah, I, I see it with, uh, I, I mentioned how I'm turning off comments on my sites. Uh, and they're they're getting really good. You have to read it carefully to see what's going on. So there's there's a few flags. One of them for me is it doesn't say anything specific about that particular page. Um, and the other one is it has a URL that it's referring to. And I see those two things together. It's pretty much guaranteed to be spam. Absolutely. Uh, at least it's, usually they give it away because it's, I really like your blog and this blog really helped me out. Uh, that's usually, at least the guy had the word podcast in there. So that was pretty yeah. cool. Then we had generic uh, episode subjects. There were some uh, Nigel sent in a comment about uh, other generic episodes like how I got into Linux and what's in my bag. And um, I like this idea because it, that's really, the, those two are two good introductory, uh, The how I got into Linux one was a really good introductory, ep, introductory episode. Why can't I say introductory for some reason? Anyway, and everybody's interested in what's in people's bag. Um, so that is, that's uh, quite a good one. In fact, well, he- he suggests a number of possible ones, and I think my response is, uh, why don't you record one and see if anyone picks up on it? All of these should actually be put into the requested topics um, section as well, note to self on train. And when I say note to self on train, everybody, I actually mean, Dave, can you send me an email after the show like you always do? <laughs> You, if you could see what I was doing just then, Ken, applying a pencil to a piece of paper, you, you would have uh, I'm known. psyched me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a brilliant idea. I love that. That that actually uh, might in itself contribute a lot more shows than uh, than we know. And then, with these uh, sort of uh, spontaneous series kinds of things, um, I actually started one without intending to way back when Ken wanted uh, backup shows that he could hang on to. Uh, I thought, well, you know, what can I whip out that no one cares about and decided to just go through <laughs> hey, all the hey, stuff, hey, be careful now. <laughs> all the stuff that's on my podcast player. And lo and behold, other people picked up on it and said, well, hey, I want to share the podcasts I'm listening to. And all of a sudden we, we got a series. Um, so, you, you know, I, I think the best thing to do is you just you record a show, you put it out there and invite people to make their own contributions. And if if there's a demand for it, uh, it'll take off. Yeah. Any more than three shows and that's a series. Anyway, the next one we had, should we publish the HPR download stats? And this is uh, with, with all apologies to um, Sigflip. This is me being slightly schizophrenic here in uh, that I have two hats. They can, this is information that we have on the web server and we need the webs, we need your feedback on what we're supposed to do with it. 
and Ken, the podcaster, who's got certain opinions on that subject. So I do my best to keep them separate, but <laughs> I don't think I did it very well. But the basic point is we do have um, every month a log file is generated of the IP addresses of and the shows that people download and stuff like that. We do use that at the ba- on the back end to try and filter out obvious attacks and stuff. So not recording that information would be a bit, um, you know, it is useful information from that point of view for regular operations and that sort of thing. However, the download stats is something that, um, you know, people ask how many people listen to the show and stuff. And um, we kind of have this information, but it varies pretty widely. And I have a thing that goes through and anonymizes the number of hits, but counts the number of hits, uh, downloads, actual downloads, that any IP address in any 24-hour period makes for any show. That's an MP3 OG or uh, Speaks show. And it tallies those up, and it will it's produced in a report. And you can get the latest one at any time forward slash report dot bz2 and you can download that to your heart's content and parse it to this date only about uh i think a hundred people a hundred different ip addresses has ever bothered to download that so you take the search engines out of that i don't know if many people have any interest in that at all i produced it and put it out on several community news shows about it but after the discussion um the discussion, it's a its a bit of a problem issue because I would like this information to be available. However, for some reason, you might see a show get 10 times more downloads than the others. And usually when you trace back in Google why the show has um, 10,000 more downloads than anybody else, you'll find that it's because they've used the name of a popular song at the moment or they've used, they for some reason, have got onto an MP or MP3 website that uh, indexes MP3 files around the net and you're going to get lots and lots of hits. But you know, by and large, with podcasts, I think there's a, a number of people who listen to podcasts. That number of those number, a certain percentage will listen to HPR, and that's pretty much it. So that's why Dave uh, suggested that perhaps we put in the number of subscribers that we get as a better indication. And I think that would be true. Does anyone else have anything to say about this discussion? Because it got pretty heated, or at least I got pretty heated during it. My feeling looking at the overall discussion is that most people seem to think that, you know, the information's there, why hide it? And the reason, yeah, and the reason I say I hide it is because it's not accurate information it's for a start it doesn't show the number of downloads uh, particularly accurately because if you're behind in a proxy ip address then 20 people might download it um you know it doesn't include all the people who listen to the show on other means where it's retransmitted or or whatever there's no guarantee anyone actually listens to that number of shows um, if it gets for any reason involved in some sort of spam thing, there is no way of knowing if that's the case or not. So you're constantly, um, I think to me, it opens a can of worms. Why did Dave's shows get more hits than my shows? Does that mean that Dave's show is a better show than mine? I, I would have the, the point of view that if a show, if everybody except one person deletes it and that one person was able to, um, benefit 
change their life significantly or or change the course or direction of their life, then the quality of that show is as good, if not better, than any other any of the other shows that have been out there. That's just how I feel about it. You can't, I don't think how good or bad your show is is going to be indicated by the download stats. There's a fact. There's a there's a new factor that's come into the equation, though, Ken. Since we're putting shows up on archive.org, they certainly do indicate download counts per show. And that's fair enough, I suppose. So, so this is something people on the people listening to this chime in. I'm rigidly opposed to it as a HPR listener, uh, but I am not opposed to obviously doing whatever it is that uh, people want us to do. But there, in in that vein, as I was um, looking around the interweb for um, uh, articles related to um, news articles related to HPR, I came across the G Potter uh, subscriber list, which I think was a they had a they have one page. Just give me one second while I find it. I'll try and put a link in the show notes as Dave writes on his pencil. <laughs> um, they have a nice list of the tech podcasts that people subscribe to. And uh, in there, we were probably about uh, three quarters of the way down on the list. But, you know, still respectable numbers that seemed to match what I, I think is going on. No such thing as bad publicity. Yeah, but what there is such a thing as uh, is um, me getting an email from some angry host who... Uh, is cheesed off because somebody else is getting more hits than they have and wants to know why I why their show is not getting as many hits because it was posted on or whenever. And I do not want to be spending my life going through Apache Logs figuring out what's going on because, to me, it's irrelevant. The number of people who listen to the shows are the number of people who listen to the shows. You can spread the word about HPR and then more people will listen to HPR. Great. But I've ne- I've never actually looked at any of my download statistics. I know from the people I talk to that someone out there is listening to my shows. Yep, there you go. And but anyway, again, I have strong feelings on this, so I would like very much to be able to um, separate this. If the feeling of the community is uh, that we that we should put downloads there, that we should uh, have them available, um, then feel free to do so. And. I know from listening to Leo Laporte that they have the the same issue that they only give the number of actual downloads in a 24-hour period from any particular IP address, whereas other podcasters who other uh, other enterprises who uh, are into podcasting will give the number of hits. And if I look at the number of hits that we get for an episode, you're going to get thousands more because every show every podcatcher will make so many requests give me the first hundred bytes okay give me the next hundred bytes give me the next ones and for any particular episode from a particular ip address you get thousands and even some cases i have i see the same ip address downloading over and over and over again the same shows over and over and over again why maybe there's a reason for that i don't know well bear in mind that leo laporte has an issue that you don't have and that's that he is selling advertising so the numbers that he reports on downloads justify the bills that he sends. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and fair fair facts to him that he does it that way and makes it, uh, you know, he turns down a lot of revenue as a result of that. So, yeah, more power to, to him for doing that. But uh, 
again, this is information that is not my information. It is the information that belongs to the community as a whole. So the community as a whole should decide what to do. Wow. As I, my reading of all of the comments on the mailing list was that it looked to me like most people were saying, just leave the data there. You know, it's on the website. Leave it. So this is the just one of the reports that I have from May 2014, which is what I did. Um, the average RSS subscriber check-in is about is 2,562, which I think is about right, and it seems to match up what it's a little bit more than what um, the GPodder number is showing. But then GPodder is only a, a portion of what we download, so that sounds about right. The average episode download is uh, 1,420, which I think is a bit low. The average daily download for all shows is about 2,410, which doesn't seem to match the 2,562 RSS subscribers, because you'd imagine if an RSS feed checks in that it would download the show. Perhaps, perhaps not. Depends on the RSS reader, I guess. people, Some people just read it in a blog client and then click on the episode. So the May downloads was 74,778. And the average downloads, um, why is there an asterisk next to that? The average download uh, since episode 1519 uh, was 3,600,000, sorry, 3,664,000. 1,122 actual downloads since uh, 2010 2025 was 3,5 3 million near as I can estimate and if I extrapolate that up to before we had log files that's about 6.1 million downloads in total and that extrapolates to about 4,000 downloads per day um, so that extrapolates to about 4,000 people listening to any given show on any given day, which is about 1,500 more people than check the RSS feed. But that seems about right to me. I don't know. And then my point is, depending on your point of view, you could go, oh, my God, shows are being downloaded over 6 million times. Or you could say we get 75,000 downloads a month, which is you know pretty good by any estimation. And you could say most of our shows get downloaded about 4,000 times. Or you could say that our show gets downloaded 1,400 times, but there's no guarantee that anyone's listening to it. So my my fear is that you know somebody would look at a particular download number and then decide not to subscribe to HBR or not to contribute to HBR, when in actual fact the one thing that they have that to contribute to HBR might be one thing that could you know, change the course of somebody's life. Have I gone on too much? I think we probably beat this horse to death. Okay, then. Emergency queue. The emergency queue is something that I don't agree with either, but it's running low on shows, and we have agreed as a community that there should be about 10 shows in there. So the people who uh, agree with the emergency show queue should get their act together and send in some shows, please. Thank you. Lots of stuff about the comment feed. Is there anything in there that is of importance? No, I think it's just technical stuff. I don't stuff. think so. I think yeah. the comment, comment feed's sorted pretty much, isn't it? I, certainly is in my mind. Okay, good. If anyone's having any problems with the comment feed, send that in, please. 
5150 send in a link with the Dimension XXXXX uh, recordings from archive.org, which I have been enjoying. I thought I was going to enjoy them in my basement, but they're too scary. So I enjoy them as I go in on the train into work. Yep. Then Mr. Morris, who is doing awesome work on archive.org. Just for everybody's information, Dave, please tell us what you're doing. Well, I'm taking the shows, uh, working backwards from the current one and forwards as they go forward one per day, um, and uh, putting them up onto archive.org as individual shows. Um, Emphasizing that because uh, a whole lot were put up back in time several years ago. um, They were done in batches of 10. And that was on my request to uh, Cold Cruncher, who was doing them manually at the time. Okay. And I'd like to thank again Cold Cruncher for our fantastic work on that, because, as Dave knows, the whole archive.org thing really pulled my hair out. I just cannot get a handle on that. But since then, they've done some work on it. They they do seem to be improving their, their interface. The documentation is pretty grim, but uh, the interface, I think, is coming along quite nicely. Um, anyway, they, they, they're going up. We're back to show 1,400 um, so far. So just keep chugging away, putting them up as the, as the time allows and uh, the movement of, of these files around <laughs> happens um, and so on. And these are the WAV files and a lot of the and the FLAC files, but we don't have all. Obviously, we don't have all the shows in that format. So eventually, we're going to have to put them back to uh, you know put up the original MP3 files from the original shows. And we also were um, so there's a whole period when we started when I started doing that when put in the script that I we knew intentionally that we were going to be putting shows up to archive.org. So I have been keeping a backup of the um, the uh, good quality, high quality, highest quality one that was sent in. And prior to that, I have the original files as part of the generic backup, but I would need to re-edit them to add the intro and outro and uh, add the, you know, fix any of the details in the title and the show notes and change the, the artist's name and the HPR and the comments and all that stuff. So it will be slow going. There's, there's a fair bit of work. Part of the, the process that I've been doing fairly lengthy because getting the show notes into a state that, that uh, uh, archive.org will accept them proved to be more difficult than you would have thought. Um, so I've written a tool to uh, help me clean clean things up along the way. I've corrected a few spelling mistakes and that type of thing. So uh, just sorted out some of the HTML oddities, some of which I've managed to produce. I was delighted to find has to write some really bad html at one point yeah and there's a i've managed to produce quite a bit of that as well myself (laughs) um but again i'd like to stress to people the importance of having um show notes and i'm not just talking about the show summary uh i'm talking about actual show notes about what your show is about um because to this point, only the NSA probably have uh, tools that are able to index audio files. So the only way search engines, and by search engines, we mean other people are going to be able to find the stuff, is if you give a short, uh, detailed paragraph on what your show is about. If you've got a full, complete, um, you know, where you're reading your show off a script, like I sometimes do and a hookah does, 
then also include that because that will get sent with your show, it'll get indexed, and people will know to come and get the information. And for um, deaf people who can't listen to the shows, they will be able to gather that information and use it. So I can't begin to express how useful the show notes are in this whole thing. And I need people, we need people to go back and listen to all the original episodes to see if they're um, still of of use and the ones that I've listened to so far have been. If we can have everybody listening to this take 10 episodes and just listen to them and then just send in the show notes, check that the links are working, check for name changes in projects or whatever or where the projects have evolved to, that sort of thing. It really helps as well and it also gives some love to the old episodes and believe me if you haven't gone back and listened to the old episodes up until now 99% of the episodes that I've listened to the old ones are still as valid today as they were back then then we had HPR wishlist topic from Deep Geek who wanted to uh, have a request to topic alternative usage for Byzantine email classifiers uh, it's Bayesian Bayesian fine what's Byzantine then well, B- Byzantine would be a reference to the successor to the Roman Empire in the East, um, and that's not what he's talking about. Bayes is the uh, person who created a very famous theorem in statistics that uh, is used for analyzing data. So Bayesian means it uses Bayes' theorem and those kinds of mathematics. Excellent. Uh, two things that comes out of that conversation. One is you need to do a show on that. And the other is that I'm dyslexic, so all this stuff comes out, especially when I'm more tired. Shows on archive.org. Anything you want to say about that, David? No? I think we've probably not a huge lot to 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 say. I just put out a request asking people to go and have a look at their own shows on archive.org just to check that uh, the way I was putting them together we met their... their uh, needs um, and mangled them. I don't think I've mangled any. I've looked quite carefully, but uh, won't be giving out prizes for, uh, for spotting errors, but to uh, so make me look a fool. Do you have, uh, I was just thinking, do you, you have a table about the ones that you've sent up? Then maybe I can use that to put in a link also available on archive.org. What do you reckon? I, I have, I have a, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Do you have okay. that very thing? Pen and was... pencil? Pen and pencil, Steve? Pen and pencil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Article of interest, Kevin O'Brien, our man of the moment, opensource.com life. Congratulations, Kevin. Well done. Well, thank you very much. Uh, but uh, really, that was Semiotic Robotic who uh, approached me and said, hey, you know, I'd like to do an interview with you for opensource.com and sent me some questions and I answered them. So that I wanted to bring it to the people's attention because it was about, really, uh, HPR. Um, he had heard some of my shows on HPR and wanted to know a little bit about, you know, uh, how did you get into doing this and why are you on HPR and things like that. That was a really enjoyable interview, I must say. Very well done to both of you. Just in today was Camp 14, a request if anybody's going. And unfortunately, I will not be able to make it due to financial issues on this side. But uh, last year, in my bill through Dave Morris, Tim Timothy uh, were at the HBR table, and Benny is asking if anyone else is going. 
David Lee has replied saying, yes, he's going with the family, but he won't be able to host with the table. So if anyone's going to HPR, we the kit, booth kit is already over there. So, uh, sorry, Og Camp. Anyone going to Og Camp willing to do the HPR table, then uh, need to obviously, I also need to get in touch with the people at Og Camp to make sure that we get a table. And then the community news, um, for some reason, the Mumble server we normally use is down, so we're using one at rosendahl.net for this. Yep. And you will be thrilled to know, folks listening to this, well done, that the last one is um, an email that I got from uh, Montana Ethical Hackers, who's got a four-year-old hackerspace in Helen MT. They're setting up a, a radio station, an actual FM radio station, 107.9 FM Hacker Radio. And apparently it's a very conservative political town, so <laughs> they're looking for uh, content. They uh, wish to uh, use our shows, which I replied, of course, that it's under a Creative Commons license and that the RSS feed will give them advice on what the specific terms of the licenses are. And uh, they're also looking for, um, they also need a transmitter and an EAS, whatever that is. We are, they're on a budget of $0, but have a radio tower, a radio room and computers and an ideal plot of land. If there's anyone who could give them a hand, this is something that I think would be awesome uh, to have HBR actually on a radio station. Indeed. Um, I note that you also were very careful to mention that we tag our shows as to whether they are explicit or not, since um, some of them could be, and that might be something they'd want to know before they put it out on the radio. Yep, and even that explicit tag is down to the particular host, so um, a, or sorry, the clean tag, it will by default get explicit. If the clean tag is on there, um, then the host is saying that it's clean. So bearing in mind that if this project goes ahead or others like it that are broadcasting, you, the host, are taking responsibility for giving guidance. But always, always if you're rebroadcasting HBR content in an area, you take the responsibility of making sure that it is suitable for your environment, whatever that environment be. The nation, state, or region that you may be in may not like coffee and may have banned it as a foreign substance. So you need to make sure that even though the coffee episodes are marked as clean on HPR, that they are appropriate for your audience on your head, be it. Be it. it is it? Be it. Is. On your head, be it. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I recorded a bunch of shows, and in one of them, I realized, ooh, I just said something that does not normally go on a clean. So I stopped uh, Audacity and went back and re-recorded to get rid of the four-letter word that had somehow crept in. Okay, fair enough. I, of course, mark all my explicit as I can't trust myself not to be... <laughs> Well, you know, generally for things like LibreOffice, uh, you know, I want those to be something that everyone is going to listen to. And, you know, because I've, I've had people say, hey, I, I'm giving these shows to my friends and things like that. So I, I don't want any issues. No, you're dead right. And um, for the, for some of the shows that, uh, that I do, I will try and avoid it, but I can't guarantee it. So it's just easier for me not to do that. Some other stuff that came to me in general was um, DeepGeek sent in a email 
about uh, our A record uh, request for server.hackerpublicradio.org is not filtered correctly. I forward that on to Josh, who is the administrator, um, the actual administrator who does the actual admin work, and uh, let's see if we can get that sorted. Um, I got a nice email from Mike Ray, uh, about many-to-many relationships in the database. And, Mike, I would, uh, as well as appreciating your <laughs> choice of music, because the reference he gave was a, a database with bands in it, I would uh, suggest you send in a show on the topic. Uh, I have had uh, discussions with uh, Dave Morris here on this. And actually, if uh, Ray, if Mike Ray and Dave Morris and myself want to get together to prove how um, Dave Morris is wrong about many to many relationships um, and that he should accept my hack of just having comma-separated lists in one field, then uh, that would be a good episode, I think. And I have another uh, email from Mike Ray as well about um, putting the duration, podcast duration, into the um, show notes or into the shows. And they're also in the RSS feed now and they're in the show notes. So it actually, I think, adds a little bit to the whole experience. And with that, I have run out of stuff to say. And a good thing, too. It's almost two hours. Yeah, we're running into into uh, the Linux Link Tech Show or uh, Colonel Panic Podcast territory. Yeah, I think we've done it for another month. Um, so probably a good time to wrap things up. Yes, indeed. And again, if anybody has any comments on this stuff, uh, send it in to the mail list, send it to admin at hackerpublicradio.org, send in your shows. Uh, we still need shows. We're two free slots for the next month, but then it's looking pretty spotty after that. So make it happen. You owe me a show. You know the rule. If you listen to HBR, you owe us a show. What the man said. Anything else, Dave? Nothing for me, no. I've cheesed you off there about the... Uh, Dave and I have had many discussions lately about uh, different approaches to databases and stuff. <laughs> no, you haven't cheesed me off at all. It's, a, it's an amusing... Uh, Bit of jousting. Yes. I'll win. I'll win in the end. You know, I will. I will win. Every so often, I do fire off a mail going, "Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about that, and you're right. We should do it this way." So, if you just wait long enough, we'll uh, I'll come around to your way of thinking. <laughs> I can wait. Okay, with that, folks, tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio. Hacker Public Radio. Join us now and share, share the, the software. software. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution, share alike, 3.0 license.